Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ashcon Calling Day. This is an open question and answer session. You can call in and speak to me directly or simply listen live on the audio page on the webpage. If you've called in and have questions, press 1 to raise your hand. If you're listening on the audio player on the webpage, you'll see a box where you can type in questions. Feel free to enter your questions there as well. These sessions are all about you, and this is your opportunity to call in and speak to me live, and let me work with you to help you solve your weight loss problems forever. So if you've got something you want to talk about, please give us a call. Okay, welcome, everyone. Cool. So uh, just, yeah, if you want to talk to me, press 1, and, uh, and we can have a chat. And uh, this is an opportunity because when, um, when you look at all the information that we have in the support group, there's tons and tons of information. And we have new people coming in all the time, and they're always saying, where do I start? Does this apply to me? So this is an opportunity. Uh, th- this is an opportunity to, to call in, and uh, we can have a chat, and I can uh, help you figure out exactly what you need to focus on uh, for your given situation. Um, so in the meantime, I know we have Nadia on with some questions, and if you have questions also in the chat room, you can ask questions in the chat room, and we'll answer those as well. So let's get started. Let's bring Nadia in if we can. Uh, Jerry, if you could bring Nadia in, and, uh, and we'll get started. Hi, John. Hey, Nadia, how you doing? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, really good. What's happening? Good. I, oh, um, I am on uh, the second day of a little cleanse that I'm doing for myself. So I'm giving my digestive Excellent. system a rest, which you would talk about yep. a lot. And I saw your post that you put on Facebook about the uh, fermented foods that you found yeah. over there in New South. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. There's like 20 different items at least. And I missed them. I missed yeah. a lot of them. But uh, there was at least 15 different types of sauerkraut and kimchi, sauerkraut with dill, with curry, with uh, pumpkin seeds, uh, with beets, uh, and the different types of white kimchi, dark kimchi, uh, really, really. And then kimchi juice, which looked really good. I haven't tried that yet. And ke- coconut kefirs and, and uh, nutritional yeast and tempeh and tamari. Wow. Just, it just went on and on. And, uh, you know, more and more for me, Nadia, I've realized that digestion is a big thing. And, like, for example, uh, you know, I've always been an advocate for those people that, that eat meat. I don't, rec- I don't recommend a vegetarian diet, per se, uh, for the sake of health. A lot of people want to do vegetarian for humanitarian reasons. And, that, and then I totally understand that, and that makes sense. And, uh, and when I do eat meat, I try to eat it as uh, the type of meat that's as ethically raised and killed as possible. But recently, I've been eating less and less meat for the main reason because I feel like it, it doesn't digest as easy as, as raw foods, as, as salads, sprouts, and, uh, and things like that. And, uh, and I'm finding that my body does feel a bit lighter. It feels a bit healthier uh, because I'm eating less prepared foods, less cooked foods. Because as we talk about, you know, in the detox, that cooked foods in general um, are harder to, di- to digest. They've been molecularly altered. They don't have digestive enzymes. So I'm eating more and more of these highly fermented foods. I might have two or three different types of sauerkrauts in, my, in a salad with some sprouts and lettuce and nutritional yeast and tempeh and tamari. And, uh, you know, you've got like, I've got like six different fermented items in there. So 
I, I feel like in the long run, it's making a huge difference in my health. And I think it, it's not just weight loss. It's, I think health and longevity, getting those friendly bacteria makes all the difference. Don't you agree? I, I completely agree with you. And I'm the same. I'm trying to get so many different kinds of fermented and cultured foods into my life. And it's really fun because there is such a variety out there. Uh, you don't have yeah. to make it all yourself anymore. There's so many great companies making stuff now. Like you and, showed and I honestly, Yeah, and I honestly think you develop a taste for it, too, um, because the more friendly bacteria you have in your intestines, the more it's going to crave foods that it likes to live off of. Our, our bacteria, you know, what they've discovered is there's five times more bacteria in your body than there are cells. So there's about 70 trillion cells and about 450 trillion bacteria. And they have their own DNA, uh, and they can also influence our DNA, and so they can cause us to produce neurochemicals and uh, they produce different cravings and they basically hijack us uh, and we're a host for them. And, uh, and the unfriendly bacteria will cause you, will cause you to crave the foods that they like, which is all the junk foods, which is one of the reasons why we like junk foods. But when you get more and more friendly bacteria, it's going to cause you to crave things that they like, which is the real foods, which is kind of cool when you're craving the foods that are healthy for you. That's a real win. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. Uh, so, John, there cool. is um, a yeah. question that um, Sandra is listening right now, and she typed into the chat roll. Yes. She, um, yeah. Her question is, how can I best hydrate myself? I feel dehydrated all the time, yeah. especially in the morning yeah. when I wake up. I feel nauseated yeah. Yeah. with a dry throat. Yeah, you know, uh, we are, most of us are chronically dehydrated, uh, that, and, that's, and that's a fact. And, uh, and dehydration causes a lot of problems. It's a stress on your body, which, causes, which activates your fat programs, causes you to gain weight. And uh, when you're dehydrated, it often causes hunger craving, hunger instead of thirst. Your body's confused in that sense. So you're eating unnecessarily when really you should be drinking. Uh, there's lots of different ways. And, Nadia, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass that question to you in a second, too, to get some of your takes. But I'll tell you what my favorite is right now. <clears throat> my favorite is veggie broth. And no one really talks about this, this, what I'm about to talk about. Bone broth is really big. So everybody talks about bone broth, but you can't really drink bone broth all day. And you don't necessarily drink bone broth for the hydrating aspect of it. You drink it because it's got collagen, which is good for your, your intestines. And that's great to have it once or twice a day. But what I like to do now is have veggie broth throughout the day as my main source of liquid. So, and, I've, and Nadia, I know we've talked about this a couple of times. So what I do is I will take a pot and I will chop up all types of different greens. So things like kale, spinach, celery, um, uh, bok choy, which is, you know, Chinese cabbage, uh, and and regular cabbage also, um, fennel, uh, herbs like cilantro, parsley, basil, just just, uh, and then onion grass also, or scallions, because that's got really nice taste. And I'll just fill the whole pot with veggies. And then I'll fill the pot with water. I'll bring it to a boil, and then I'll let it simmer for a couple hours and uh, put in some healthy salt, like Himalayan salts, and put in some cayenne pepper. And, of course, I'll use uh, filtered water when I do this. And, uh, and then once it cools a little bit, I put it in mason jars. So, and I know as you talk about, now, do you want to fill the mason jars all the way up so that they don't oxidize? There's no oxygen there. So you fill the mason jars all the way up. They're like about a, anywhere from a half liter to a liter in size depending on the jars. Uh, and I usually get about 15 liters on this with a big pot. So I'll fill up 15 mason jars and put them in the fridge, and I will drink them cold throughout the day. Now, what's really cool about them is 
Obviously, you've got the water that, that's giving you the hydration, but you've also got vitamins that require no digestion. And as we talk about, you know, our digestions are, are largely compromised, and the foods we eat don't have nutrients anyway. So this has nutrients that are going right into your cells all day. The healthy salt gives it a nice pH, and the, uh, and the greens give, it, give the water a, a, a nice pH, so a, a slightly alkaline pH. The uh, cayenne pepper is anti-inflammatory. You can also put turmeric in there, which is also anti-inflammatory. Uh, and you are hydrating your, yourself with something that's also nourishing your body with trace minerals and vitamins all throughout the day. And you're just not hungry yet when you do that. And when you are hungry, you crave healthy foods. And the broths, if you make them right, if they taste too bland, it's because you're not putting up seasoning. That's what I've discovered. But, but if you make them right, they just taste amazing. And that is my go-to. Uh, maybe once a week or once every two weeks, I'll do this, and uh, and I'll be, and I'll be drinking these all day. And I, I recommend giving it a shot. There's there's lots of other things you can do to hydrate yourself. That's my go-to right now. Give it a shot. It's just fabulous. What, what are your thoughts, Nadia? Yeah, it's funny you just said that because I just finished ten minutes before this call bottling up uh-huh. a huge batch of veg- vegetable broth that I just made. And um, awesome. yeah, it's it's incredible. I agree with you. It's so great to so, to have with so, you. And we, I, I have it in glass bottles, and we're actually going out later yeah. today. And I'm going to bring yeah, that yeah. with me. So then I'll have I'll have yeah. that with me when we're out. See, see, you you do that also. Uh, you do that for the cleanse, and I do that. That's where I discovered it when we started doing the these, the Gabriel Method detox. Uh, I started making them, but I do I do them now. You know, just like when I'm not detoxing. And uh, and it just works so well. So what was in your uh, what was in your broth? I'm just curious. Oh, gosh, a lot of things. I had um, purple yeah. cabbage in there this time, which so oh, the broth nice. ended up being this really nice yeah, purple color. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had kale, yeah. kale, Swiss chard, uh, turnip, yeah. parsnip, fennel, yeah. onion, garlic, ginger, and turmeric, uh, celery root. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can remember right now. How, have you tried it? Is it good? I did. I couldn't even wait until it was finished. I usually let it simmer <laughs> for about four or five hours on the stove, but yeah, two yeah, hours yeah. into it, yeah. it's smelling so good. So I went and skimmed some off the top, and yeah, I've had a couple of glasses of it already. It's very good. And I, uh, after I dished it out, I added a little bit of black lava sea salt and um, yes. a little grass-fed butter into it, and it was really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, little tip, you... Uh... It's best to season it, especially when it comes to the, when it comes to the salt and the cayenne pepper. It's best to season it after it's cool when it's in the pot, uh, and just bit by bit and taste it as you're seasoning it. Because if you go too far, which I've done uh, a number of times, if, if, if you go too far on that, especially on the cayenne pepper, there's no going back, and uh, right. that's a problem. So you want to get that right. But it's also good to season it. Uh, sometimes the other way I've done it is I've just seasoned each one individually, each mason jar as I've taken it out, I season it. But, but what I've discovered by doing it is, is the broth does not last as long if it doesn't have the cayenne pepper in it already. Uh, so it'll last much longer with the cayenne pepper in it. So season the whole pot once it's cold and uh, once you get it right, it's just, it's just beautiful. You know, actually, what I did this time today is I put whole uh, peppers into it, whole hot peppers yeah, yeah, yeah. into it. I'd never wow. done that before. And I didn't buy the really, really hot ones. I bought just the ones that yeah. have just a little bit of heat to them. And um, yeah. I was curious to know if the broth would come out spicy, and it didn't. It, I, I don't taste the heat oh. in it at all. So, um, That's so interesting. I wouldn't yeah, think it would. I would think you'd extent. really grab I would have thought so, too. But it was probably the peppers yeah. that I used. They were probably mild in themselves. I see. So yeah. probably using yeah. hotter peppers, <clears> maybe. 
I, I was um, so in my Sanford in-laws. And, okay. Oh, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Well, I just um, I was, I was in my in-laws. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you go ahead, John. All right. So I, I was at my in-laws. They have a farm in Virginia, and uh, my father-in-law grows uh, peppers, and they are through the roof high. And uh, he made this, uh, he what's called Grant and Ted's, uh, you know, uh, uh, spray, uh, like a, um, just a, a powder that's a chili powder. And I had no idea how hot right. it was. And I just splat- lathered it on, and it just, I could not touch the juice. I had to dilute it every time. It was just, <laughs> it was finished. Yeah, so powerful. Yeah, cool. you're right about the, the, all say? those hot peppers. You uh, you have to go, you can't take it out once you put it in. Yeah, yeah, um, but they are yeah, good, so, you know, and they are so good. They for are. It. Yeah. 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 So um, Sandra was wondering about the broth. How long uh, yeah. do we keep the broth for? Does it last just a few days? No, I think it lasts at least a week to two, to two weeks, depending, again, on the cayenne pepper and whether you fill your mason jars up all the, time, all the way up and it's refrigerated. I think it'll last up to two weeks. What, what are you, what's been your experience, Nadia? I've never had mine um, stay in the fridge as long as two weeks. We usually use ours yeah. up within a week. So the longest I've had yeah. mine in the fridge is seven days. And on that seventh day, it still tastes amazing. So I'm sure it could even go yeah. longer. And then um, I know. Uh, Bill is also writing in the chat roll um, talking yeah. about freezing, which is another option that I've yeah. also done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, made too much. Idea. You can also freeze it, too. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great idea because this, this type of thing will last. And I know I've gone longer than a week. I don't know if I've gone two weeks, but I know I've gone longer than a week. The key is, though, you want to bottle it. You don't want it to sit too long once, it, once, it's, uh, once you take it off the stove. You know, obviously, you you don't you don't want it to be boiling hot, but you don't want it to sit too long. That's where it can kind of start to go bad. Uh, well, I, there's been times where I made it the night before and then bottled it the next day. That doesn't last as long. So you want to bottle right. it within like a, an hour or two after it's sitting, uh, after it's done sitting, three hours max, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. Uh, we have another question that just came in, changing topics a little bit. Um, yes. Joy's question is, I noticed that a part of my problem is that I have blocks that prevent me from nurturing myself. For example, I'm 46 yeah. and starting to learn how to cook. Do you have any recommendations yeah. on how to release these blocks? Sure. Well, you know, that's kind of we, that's the space that we traffic in is working through blocks because these blocks affect our whole life. You know, how worthy we are, how deserving we are, these little things that chance things that people say when we're kids or, or traumatic experiences that we have that have created belief systems inside us that are so deep rooted and so subconscious and yet they're affecting everything, especially weight. Uh, so we used, we use Meridian tapping. And by the way, for those of you that uh, don't know the uh, 10th annual tapping world summit, it's free to join. Um, and it's, it's, it's happening right now as we speak. And uh, there's, uh, I'm actually speaking on, on day five, which I think is, is happening. I don't know what day it's happening. Um, maybe Jerry can chime in and let me know when it's happening. But in the next couple of days, I'll be speaking. Uh, but it talks about all the different ways to use tapping. We also made a documentary film called Tapping for Weight Loss. It's a great one to learn how to use tapping in many different ways to, for, for weight loss. Uh, so tapping is a great way to work through um, to, to, to work through dysfunctional beliefs or blocks that are getting in the way. The cellular release program that we have, uh, these our cellular release therapists are highly trained. You can work with them from anywhere in the world uh, via Skype, and, uh, and they're, they're very powerful. And visualization, using a combination of visualization and affirmations is also a really powerful way to work through uh, blocks. So what you do is when you're listening to any one of our visualizations, and in the members area there's 
I don't know, 40 or 50 different, uh, different visualizations that you can listen to. While you're listening to it, you get into a very powerful state where your brain, your neurons become very plastic. You're able to make belief connections very, very quickly, make habits very quickly, and change beliefs very quickly. So when you're listening to a visualization, this is a really powerful way to use an affirmation to create a belief or work through a block very quickly. So to take your situation about nurturing yourself, um, you, what you would do is while you're listening to the visualization, you would just imagine every cell of your body, so 70 trillion cells, so imagine every cell of your body has a, has a little mouth and it's, they're, they're all saying the same thing in concert, like a, like a chorus. Uh, and you can say certain things. There's, uh, there's uh, four affirmations that, that I think work for everything. And it's interesting. It's very similar to the, uh, there's a Hawaiian therapy technique. Nadia, I don't know if you've ever heard of it called, I think it's yeah, I have. Uh, a Lopo Ono or a Yop Lopo Ono. It's, and and uh, it's, it's very similar. Uh, they Ho'oponopono. Say, uh, yeah. Ho'oponopono. They say, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Something they say a couple of things that are very similar. But these four affirmations, I think, work really well. I love you. So you can just write this down. I love you. I accept you. I appreciate you. I forgive you. So you just imagine every cell of your body saying that over and over again. You could be lying down listening to the visualization, for example, and every cell of your body, while I'm talking, you don't listen so much to what I'm saying, you're still going to get into a deep state from the music, uh, so you don't have to worry about listening too much. Just imagine every cell of your body saying, I love you, I accept you, I appreciate you, I forgive you. I love you, I accept you, I appreciate you, I forgive you. Over and over again. And then, uh, for you in particular, you might want to say something like, um, I deserve, I am worthy. I, lo- I nurture myself. I allow myself to be nurtured. I allow love. I-, I allow myself to feel nurtured, and I am worthy of being nurtured. You can go along this line, uh, whatever, whatever speaks to you and works for you. Wh- and if you do that on a daily basis, and this is what I've discovered about working through dysfunctional beliefs and uh, changing behavior patterns, is, is it just happens, and then you look back and you go, oh, I'm totally different. I don't have that feeling anymore. And maybe months have gone by and you didn't notice it. It's like when you break through a behavioral pattern or a dysfunctional belief, it's not like this, you know, this chorus comes down and you get an award and they sing a song, they have a celebration, a ceremony or something. It just doesn't, it just goes away and you're just different. And you look back a week, three months, maybe three months down the road and you go, whoa, I'm totally different. I'm totally allowing myself, nurturing myself. I'm loving myself, I'm allowing. So, but you want to do it every day. So if, you, so if you start by listening to a visualization every day, you can add on it. It's like an anchor. So you can add on that, this, this particular habit. And imagine three months down the road of saying that every day when you're in a deep meditative state, uh, when your brain neurons are very plastic and easy to make connections, you, you will transform. So I would suggest that you do that. Uh, first, listen to a visualization every day if you're not, and then do these affirmations that speak directly to your or desire to allow yourself to be more nurtured and allow more nurturing into your life. And uh, may not ha- it may happen overnight, but it may not. It may take a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but you'll look back and you go, oh, I'm totally different. So it's a great, really effective way. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks, John. Sure. Uh, so just um, if we could uh, go back to the topic of the broth again. Renee was just typing in the chat roll and wondering what we do with the veggies from the broth after we've strained it out. Yeah, we've talked about that a couple of times, Nadia. Uh, the, we don't really have, like, I know you use the, uh, when you juice <clears throat> veggies, 
you use the remains to make things like veggie crackers. And I, I think we've talked about also using them, uh, combining them with ground, ground chicken or ground fish to make uh, veggie slash meatballs. Um, but the actual, the broth, you just compost that. Is that right? Yeah, the solids from the broth, I, I compost it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I squeeze out as much I as I can out of it. Either, yeah. And then, yeah. You also use a cheesecloth, I know, to get like the whole thing, right? You strain it out. I do. Cheesecloths, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's just cool. to squeeze every last bit of it because uh, it's just a yeah, precious yeah. liquid that I want to yeah. get as much yeah. as I can. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but you just strain it out <laughs> and then just drink it as liquid, yeah. I just think it's, right. to me, it's such a great go-to for weight loss, for hydration. You will notice that if you're drinking this throughout the day, and there are days when I might drink three liters of this throughout the day without even noticing it, not making an effort or anything, you are not, you're not snacking all day. You're not, and if you are snacking, it's on something healthy. It's real, it's really transforming you from, from the inside out. It's so, such a powerful technique. I believe, Nadia, that the same way you see veggie broth every, or, or bone broth everywhere right now, it's a big fad. I think veggie yep. broth, in, in two years from now, you're going to see veggie broth everywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. And it might not even take yeah. two years. I, I, so it's amazing yeah. to me how many new things I see every time I go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. So um, let's see. We've got another question here um, from Tracy. And her question is, if someone lives in, cli- in, a, in a winter climate with temperatures that often go down to minus 20 or more, does this weather yeah. trick our bodies to activate the fat programs? In one of yeah. your uh, lessons, you were talking about how cold climate was considered a chronic stress years ago. Yeah, but we live in, uh, we, we live in controlled environments now. It's a stress when you can't keep yourself warm. You can keep yourself warm. Uh, this is what you need to do, though. Uh, first of all, the veggie broth that we talked about, if you can drink that warm throughout the day, uh, warm it and drink it throughout the day, that's a really good one to do. Uh, the other thing is you want to take, whenever you can, you want to eat either broccoli sprouts or take a supplement of broccoli sprouts. And I'll tell you why in a second. Um, and you want to get sunlight when you can. So when the sun's out, even if it's cold out, if you can expose some of your skin to the sun for a while, your face and your hands, whatever you can expose, uh, you, want to, you need to get sunlight. Uh, that's the biggest issue is the not getting enough sunlight when it's cold all the time. And the reason why I bring the broccoli, broccoli sprouts up is because uh, the, reason, the, the sunlight is very powerful uh, in helping us produce vitamin D, a really healthy vitamin D a much healthier version of vitamin D than just taking a supplement. Uh, but you also need, so you, need to, you need something else in your body that most of us are deficient in, and it's called sulforaphane. And, uh, and broccoli sprouts have the highest concentration of sulforaphane. So sulforaphane helps your body convert vitamin D or sunlight to the, to the specific vitamin D that we need. So, uh, so, so have broccoli sprouts or take broccoli sprout supplements. Expose yourself to the sun when the sun's out. The, sun, the winter sun, especially if there's snow out, is actually a really powerful snow, sun. You don't need that much of it, but if you can expose... There's been times when I, I was in Virginia this winter, um, and there were times when it was really cold, and when there was snow out and it was sunny, I might even just lift up my shirt for 30 seconds or a minute and, uh, and expose my, as much skin as I can to the sun. Um, so that's the real thing. You can keep yourself warm, so it's not an issue uh, in terms of like a, the chronic stress of being cold all the time. But you need more sunlight and, and, uh, and the sulforaphane, and also I would drink veggie broth warm, and that combination should help you a lot. 
Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, on the last part of her question, she says, "Does just cold weather activate the fat programs, or does mindset play the bigger role?" So, what I suppose yeah. what you're saying is what you said about if we have the ability to keep ourselves warm now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, the thing is, short-term exposure to cold is actually really good for you. The same way, right. uh, short, uh, the same way in acute stress, like running away from a tiger or running, sprinting real fast every once in a while is really good for you. Uh, but if you had to run away from a tiger 24 hours a day, you know, you'd, you it wouldn't make it. it would, uh, you'd be overtrained and you'd be exhausted and uh, be a chronic stress. Uh, so you can use cold to your advantage as an acute stress. So being cold for a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of times a day is great. It's actually fabulous for you. It's the chronic. It's the chronic. I'm always cold. If you're living in a cave with nothing but a skin on you in this 20 below, you can see how that would be a chronic stress as opposed to you're going outside, uh, maybe taking, you know, maybe just in a T-shirt or rolling around in the snow and then going back in is an, is a, is an acute stress. So acute stresses are actually really good for you uh, when they're periodic. Another good one is taking a shower and making it freezing cold for like 10 or 20 seconds and then turning it hot again. It's actually really good for you. It's just like imagine, once again, if you were in a cave with a skin on for the whole winter, how different that experience would be to what you're experiencing right now. That's the, that would be the, the, the thing that would cause your body to go into a, uh, activate your fat programs. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it completely does. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. Cool. Okay, okay. Um, there is a question from Miriam, and her question is, what happens in your body when you have rancid oil? What does rancid mean beyond the obvious that it goes bad? Yeah. Uh, rancid can mean a number of things. The most common is that it's oxidized, which means oxygen, oxygen and or sunlight has interacted with it and changed the shape of it molecularly. So the shape has been changed. And, you know, when it comes to chemicals in your body and, bio, and biochemistry, it's the shape of things that, that affects you the most. Uh, if you look at um, artificial sweeteners or things like stevia, sweeteners that have no calories, what makes them taste sweet is the shape uh, because of the shape of the molecule interacts with re receptors in your tongue that are programmed to interact with, with a molecule that's this shape. It's not, it doesn't have to be the same molecule, it should be this shape. So, uh, so a lot of the biochemistry in your body is triggered by the shape of the molecules. Uh, when something is oxidized, the shape has been changed. Uh, it's been molecularly altered. And so it doesn't function, it doesn't do the same purpose, the same things uh, that, that the fat is meant to do. One of the biggest re thing, uh, uses of fat in your body, and we don't even realize this, is to cover the cells of your body with a, with a protective layer. It's called a phospholipid bilayer. And uh, what, it, what it does is it protects the cell from the, from the outside environment, but it also allows for communication between the outside environment through hormones and receptors and things like that. Now, when you eat a lot of rancid fat, the cells of your body get covered uh, with a, a, a fat that's slightly molecularly altered and doesn't respond to hormonal signaling as well. And that's how you end up getting things like leptin resistance and insulin resistance which causes your insulin levels to elevate and insulin is a fat-making hormone and your body goes into perpetual fat-making mode and you lose the ability to burn fat. And all these things happen uh, because of this change in, in molecular shape and structure. So that's what's happening. It's also true of refined or hydrogenated vegetable oils. And that's why I don't like those oils. And that's why those oils are so problematic is that the shape has been changed. And because the shape has been changed, it, it does two things. It causes inflammation 
And anything that causes inflammation causes you to gain weight. And it, it covers your cells with a, with, a, with a fat that's molecularly altered that doesn't allow for proper hormonal signaling. One of the reasons why I like omega-3 fatty acids so much is it's the right fat that you want to coat your cells with as much as possible for really good hormonal signaling, which helps you then reverse problems like leptin resistance and insulin resistance, which are the hormonal things that cause you to gain weight. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. That makes complete sense. Awesome. Um, so, so I've just been notified that there is a caller waiting. Um, and I also have okay. some questions. Uh, okay. Would... So, so let, let me take a caller and, uh, and then okay. if we have time, I'll come back and try to answer some questions. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Nadia. Cool. So let's talk to Bela, please. It's Bela. Hi. Hi, Bela. How are you? I'm good. Thank Hi. you. Good. How can so I help you? So I wanted to connect with you because um, I've called before, and I feel uh-huh. like uh, I'm, on a, I'm on this part of your journey where, like, I feel like I'm doing the right thing, but I don't know what yeah. I'm missing. Um, okay. My body doesn't really respond with losing weight uh, Maybe a touch, and then it'll gain a little. Yeah. And then it'll lose a yeah. little, then it'll gain a little. So I haven't really gone yeah. too far, um, uh-huh. but I think I'm doing the right things, you know? Okay. Let me, let me ask some questions, okay? Yeah. Okay. How old are you? 43. And any signs of menopause? Yes, I'm, I have been on that, and I feel like things are balancing out. I do a lot of herbs. So you're, when you say you've been on that, are you in menopause? Are you through menopause? Uh, are you going oh, into I'm menopause in peri- now? What, what is it? You're in menopause. Okay. Signs of perimenopause, yeah. Okay. Um, and how, how much, how much yeah. weight are you looking to lose? 25. How long have you had that weight? Um, well, years on and off, but yeah, years. Let's Many go back. Years. Like when did you, when did you first have a weight issue? Oh, I, 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 I binged as a kid. I was a dancer and I binged at night and, um, you know, thank God I've stopped the, uh, the binging. And if I binge now, it's, it's quite small. You know, comparatively. So, it, it's, so you started yeah. having, so you started having, uh, you started having eating issues when you were a dancer. Does that make sense? Is that right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. when did the, and when also did the, with things when, happening yeah. at home and stuff like that? Yeah. Things happening at home that led to eating issues. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. True. For sure. And at what point did the yeah. did you actually so I've start done a gaining lot weight? Of, Wait. Let me let me just finish. Oh, at, um, at, at what point did you actually start gaining weight? Yeah, I would say um, 15. 15, 15 and up, were, yes. you still, were you still a dancer at that point? Yes, yes. Okay. And, uh, and did you lose weight gradually? Did you gain weight gradually or suddenly? Gradually. Um, more so when I was 17, and I kind of know what uh-huh. that's about. Can um, you tell me or give me an then, indication, please? Oh, Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to be really open. I was raised by. Uh, I, I was in like. I, I was just my mom and me in a schizophrenic home, and I had imagined at 18 I would take life into my own hands and 
get out of there. And at 17, I kind of realized, well, I don't think anything's going to change at 18. So I felt trapped. Happens to be, things definitely changed at 18. And I did get out of there. But uh, that's how yeah. I felt at that time. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, and then you, so you get, when you, when things changed when you were 18, did you lose weight or did you continue to gain weight? No, I started losing weight, um, losing weight drastically until my surroundings were full of food that I wasn't used to being around so much food. And then I started gaining weight. Um, and when was that? Then I've had, oh, uh, it was, it was like a, it was like a right away, like right away I lost weight in the first month or so that yeah. I left yeah. and then yeah. right away started to gain weight and gain more than I'd ever gained before because I just had never eaten like that before. Um, uh, now, uh, were your situation when you, when you were 18 and everything changed, you didn't feel trapped anymore. You lost weight. Uh, when you were in the situation where, the, where there was all this food, et cetera, et cetera, did your situation change in a way that you felt trapped again or you still felt just as free? Oh, no, I've had years of therapy and, and stuff to now feel free. I mean, I still felt trapped many years. I, and, and I thank your, you know, yeah. I thank you to start this whole journey of, of really, I thought I was done with this issue, but obviously not. And recently, yeah. I've always needed like a big house, you know, I've dreamt of a big house. And just even recently, I finally felt like, oh, you know what, the world I live in is my space too. So... <laughs> I can feel free yeah. and I don't have to own it, you know, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. definitely an issue I've been working on. Is your weight stable right now? Uh, I would say it goes up and down about eight pounds and I don't like to check. Okay. So I get shocked when I go yeah. on the scale and what I've gained weight when I've done everything right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Now uh, in, in your life right now, you say you're working on this issue and what's coming to me is this issue is an, is a is a big issue, uh, even though you say you've worked on it, and I'm sure you have, um, but you also acknowledge that there's more work to be done. Um, in your life right now, are there elements of your life that are kind of making you feel trapped? Oh, yes, I would say so, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I have a, I have a kid. I, out of my nine children, one of them are, two of them are quite yeah. challenging. I have, I have yeah. nine kids, and two of them are quite challenging, and that triggers yeah. that trapped response of, uh-oh, you know, what choices see, do I see, have, and what do I do? Yeah, see, what, see what, what, what I believe is, even though you're doing everything right, if you recall, you know, when you were 18 and you didn't feel trapped anymore, it wasn't a question about whether or not you did everything right. You lost the weight. You didn't need to do everything right. You lost yeah. weight. You didn't feel trapped. You lost weight. So I believe just in talking to you right now and what's coming to me intuitively is that uh, this issue that comes up for you, which you are experiencing right now, feeling trapped, uh, this issue is the biggest issue. It overrides everything else. So the other things that you're doing will help you, but this issue needs to be addressed. And as you, and as you've noticed, like you used to need to be in a big house until you realized the world was your house. So you didn't feel trapped by your house anymore. uh, I would, I I would invite you to start looking at all the different ways that, that you do feel that feeling of, of being trapped in your life right now and looking to reframe them. Uh, if, if you can't work them out, looking to reframe them and do the work so that, so that they are not trapping you. That's, that's where I want you to focus. Because everything else okay. that we talk about right now, 
everything else is going to give you some marginal results, but this is going to solve the problem. And I'm just okay. going to go a little bit further, if I can, if you don't mind. I'm just going to go a little bit further. Yes, you know, please. when we when we come to this world, and I I, I might just get a little bit philosophic for a second. Uh, when we come to this world, you know, we we uh, there's issues we uh, we come we come to work on. We I believe, and this is you know, forgive me if I'm intruding on anyone else's beliefs, and I don't need you to adopt my beliefs in order to be successful in the Gabriel method. Um, and everybody has different beliefs. But I do believe that we come to this world to learn things and to grow and, and sometimes to focus on very specific things. Um, and maybe that's not true, and that's fine if it's not true. But if it is true, what's coming to me is that this issue for you of feeling trapped is a life, is a life lesson issue. And, and, the fact that, and the fact that your weight is, is tied into it, and this has been my experience in working with people, is very common. The fact that your weight is tied into it is actually pushing you and prodding you to work on it harder than you otherwise would. Because if your weight wasn't tied into it, you might just, uh, just accept it and, and deal with it and find some kind of strategies uh, to, to, to uh, accommodate it. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't have the same motivation to work through it and to, and to address it. And I believe you are meant to have motivation to work through this and address it i believe that even even before you were born possibly and again you don't need to have if you don't have these beliefs it's okay um but i believe that it's possible because what's coming to me is that this was like you know you had a conversation with you know your spirit guides your soul guides and you said hey you know this is what we need to work on this feeling of being trapped uh you need to feel free even though and if you think about it, the whole world is really, you can feel trapped just being in a physical body. I mean, if you think about it, like you can't, if you can't escape the physical yeah. body, you, you can feel trapped in it. Uh, but some people don't feel trapped. Yeah. In it. They feel freedom in it. They feel like, oh, I can surf, I can ski. You know, so, it's, so it's different perspectives. So this whole world can be framed one way or the other. It can be framed as a place of freedom and exploration, or it can be framed as a, as a place where you're trapped. Uh, and I believe that, that this was something that you were meant to work on and are meant to work on. And your weight is an instant indication of how you're doing. Um, and, I believe, and I believe that you working on this right now is going to override anything else that you're doing in terms of your eating or being good or doing the Gabriel Method, blah, blah, blah. This is going to, work, this is going to do more for you to actually, work, to actually figure out how you take the situation you're in right now and find freedom and find expansion. Um, one of the things that works really, really great in that regard is, is gratitude, is doing gratitude therapy practicing gratitude as a, as a, as a therapy. Uh, so, so uh, when I talked to one of the other people that, that called in or texted in about the idea of uh, doing these affirmations, I love you, I accept you, I appreciate you, I forgive you, um, one would be really good for you is while you're listening to a visualization, you're saying over and over again, I, I am grateful, I am grateful, I am free. I am grateful. I am free. I'm grateful. I'm free over and over again in what, in whatever words that work for you, make it your own and imagining every cell of your body saying them. Yeah. Can you just touch upon the connection between the, the freedom and the gratitude? Sure. Uh, So, so when you feel gratitude, you, you feel this tremendous feeling of expansion in your, in your body. You feel opportunity. You feel, you feel like life is a gift. The situation is a gift. 
and you don't, and you no longer are focusing on the negative aspects of of the situation where that you're trapped or that you can't do this, you can't do that. You are you are using a different part of your brain. You're actually accessing a different part of your brain that 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 feels uh, really positive around the situation, and that part of your brain doesn't have the feelings of feeling trapped. So when you start feeling gratitude, oh, I'm so grateful. You know, that my, as an example, that my kids are healthy, that I have so many kids, that there's so much love, that uh, air. You know, I remember when I, uh, when I was 400 pounds, I, I just came to this place where I started doing gratitude therapy. And I came to this, I, I, the, the one that I was doing was that I was grateful that air is free and abundant. You know, and, and when you're focusing your mind on, on something as simple as that, because think about it for a second. I mean, how, how, how quickly would all the, your other concerns go away if air was not free or abundant? They'd all, right. they'd all dissipate instantly. So I was just grateful. So my brain was focusing on that instead of creating negative emotions about everything that was wrong with, with my life, which we all do, but it's retraining your brain. So what you're doing is you're consciously accessing parts of your brain that generate positive emotions and feelings of, of happiness and uh, expansion, and, and you, don't, you no longer are, fo- are focusing on that part of your brain that's in charge of feeling trapped. And so by focusing on, on the gratitude, yeah, by focusing on the gratitude, you're, uh, you're rewiring your brain, basically. And, and all those negative emotions go away. Positive emotions come, and the weight will, will melt off. You felt, you felt a lot of gratitude when you were 18 because you weren't in that, in that schizophrenic house, which you never would have felt, by right. the way, if you hadn't lived in that schizophrenic house, right? But that gratitude right. was just the, your weight, the weight just melted off when you had the gratitude. So gratitude is powerful. And, you know, you look at a lot of really, really successful people out there and they talk about gratitude, that they consciously cultivate gratitude uh, because you're in a positive state, you're in a positive, you're accessing positive emotions. So that's, that's the direction that I would, I would focus on right now. So I'm understanding that it's not that you have to even figure out what, why, how, just the fact that you're focusing on this expansive um, attitude helps. Okay. I love that. So, and and here's, here's why Uh, our brains are, are habit-forming machines. So the more, so whatever you're thinking throughout the day, you start thinking it more and more by way of habit. So if you're thinking all day, oh, you know, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, trapped, like you're going to, it's just going to be the default mechanism. And then you're pumping out these negative emotions all day. But if you've rewired your brain, even if you're just doing it 10 minutes a day and you start to rewire your brain and then it permeates the rest of your day where you start, wow, it's such a beautiful day. The sun's out, it's warm. Uh, we have such a beautiful home. My husband's so great. Whatever you know, you start doing this thing where you've rewired your brain for the rest of the day, and uh, and then you're pumping out these these positive emotions uh, all day instead of the negative ones by default and by habit. Great, I love it. Cool. All right, awesome. Thank you. Cool. My pleasure. All right, let's Thanks talk so again much. soon. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Cool. So let's talk to uh, let's talk to Nadia again. Answer a few more Hi, questions. Hi, Hey, Nadia. Hi. Uh, okay. So the next question is from Joy, and her question is: As for blocks and emotional issues, how do you prioritize what you work on first? Well, well for me, it's whatever's coming up in your face. Uh, those are the things that, and, and and to me, it's it's also like layers of an onion. So it could have been something that happened. Uh, when, you know, your boss yelled at you or your husband yelled at you or was something like that. So that's what you're working on. And then you go, pe- you peel that away 
and it reminds you of the fact that your dad yelled at you, you know, for something. And you peel that away, and it reminds you of, you know, when you were three years old and something else happened. So you, you just you, you peel it away by focusing on what's in your face, what's coming up for you right now. That's, that's the most effective way to do it. Great. Great, thanks. Yeah. Um, Sandra is uh, wondering about sleep apnea. Uh, what is yes. the first step in taking care of sleep apnea? What kind of doctor do I need to see, and how is this problem resolved? So every uh, every um, country is different in how they, but as a general rule of thumb, you go to your uh, GP, your general practitioner doctor. You say you think you have sleep apnea, and he, uh, mo- in most places, he will uh, get you set up for a sleep study test. So the sleep study test, you go to a sleep clinic. They ho- they hook you up with electrodes to monitor your brain activity and your breathing activity and your oxygen levels, and uh, and that will determine if you have sleep apnea. If you do have sleep apnea, the most common cure is something called a CPAP machine, or treatment rather. It's called a CPAP machine, and CPAP is C-P-A-P, uh, and that's an acronym for Continuous Pressure Air Pump. So it's a, it's a mask that goes over your nose and mouth that pumps air uh, into your mouth and into your nose and opens up your, uh, your windpipe. It gives your windpipe more pressure so the weight of your neck is not collapsing it. Um, and, uh, and then you are able to sleep at night without experiencing the sleep apnea. It's such a powerful thing. I personally, when I was 400 pounds, got a sleep study test, and the sleep study technician said it was the worst case of sleep apnea they'd ever seen. Uh, I had my blood oxygen levels were in the 50, and I had like something like 160 apneas in a two-hour period. Uh, they, they stopped the test in two hours, and they fitted me with a CPAP machine, and that night I got a really, really deep sleep and I thought, oh, my God, I've been missing this for so long. Uh, so it's so powerful. And I believe it was one of the things that helped me uh, lose weight. If you do have sleep apnea and you don't get it treated, uh, your cortisol levels stay activated. You are not sleeping well enough, so you're tired most of the time. And both your elevated cortisol levels activate your fat programs and not sleeping enough causes junk food cravings. It's a vicious, vicious scenario when you're trying to lose weight. Uh, makes it very, very difficult. So it's one of the greatest things you can do. Now, typically, uh, when you get treated with your CPAP machine, it feels funny at first. Uh, you want to stay with it. Maybe you need to adjust the pressure. Maybe you need to get a different mask if the mask isn't fitting right. Uh, you got to stay with it for a couple of weeks, at least two weeks, sometimes three weeks. Do not give up. Uh, afterwards, once you – it's noisy, this and that. But within two weeks, you get used to it, and you can't have it other, any, other, any other way. Now, my sleep apnea went away when I lost the weight and that's common because it's the weight of your neck and your chest that's causing the sleep apnea. It's causing the, uh, uh, the windpipe to, to be collapsed. Um, after my sleep, after my, uh, sleep apnea went away, I still had to play. I still had to turn my CPAP machine on for a call. I had to wean myself off of the noise of it because you get used to the noise of it. So the very thing that bothered me so much about it in the beginning, which was the noise, is something that I like needed then to, as a crutch to, to fall asleep. So whatever's bothering you about it, when you first try it, within two, three weeks, you'll be totally accustomed to it. So you've got to give yourself all the time you need. I have seen people lose massive amount of weights doing nothing else but getting their CPAP machine checked or taken care of. I had a guy in Melbourne that called me one day, and I just told him, you know what, he's telling me, he wants to tell me how much he eats and doesn't eat, and his fitness trainers, and I said, just get your sleep apnea taken care of. Uh, and that's the first thing. And I didn't hear from him for four months, and he lost 88 pounds. He didn't do anything else. He didn't do any more exercise or change his eating or anything. 
and he lost 88 pounds in four months. So uh, it is such a great, great scenario. It's your best bang for the buck uh, for, for, for weight loss. So I'm happy that you're taking this step, and, uh, and let me know how it goes. Now, in Australia, I know that you don't even need to go to a GP, I don't think, or a, or a doctor. You can go to a, a pharmacy or a chemist, they call it here in Australia, but a pharmacy, and they will uh, give you a machine that actually will tell you if you have sleep apnea, and then you can rent that machine, and that's a really cool way to do it too. But check check with your area and uh, and how and how to do it. But that's those are the two main ways that I know. Very interesting, John. Can I ask yeah. a question? Um, before you got tested for sleep apnea, did you were you did you have the feeling that you had sleep apnea, or were you one of those people that was confident that you didn't think that was a problem for you? Well, I didn't know what sleep apnea was, uh, and I didn't know I had a problem. But everybody else told me I had a huge problem because I snored like crazy, and then uh, I would just stop breathing and then be fighting for breath and then snore again. And my mom told me, my mom was like telling me for months and months to get tested, and I didn't, I didn't, I kind of blew it off until I finally did it. Right. But, um, and my brother also, and, you know, everybody was telling me that, that I had a problem, but I didn't know I had a problem. And I didn't know I wasn't sleeping. You know, you don't, I went probably years without getting into the sleep states of, you know, the, the alpha and the theta and the REM sleep states which you need to get into. So I went years and I used to fall asleep all the time in meetings. I'd fall asleep even when I was the one talking and I just was a walking zombie. It was, it was a living nightmare, but uh, the CPAP I'm, I am grateful for. And uh, it did help me change my life for sure. Yeah. It's such an important thing. I have some clients that for months and months, they didn't think they had sleep apnea at all. And it took them several months before they finally went and got tested. And then just yeah. like you, they were told they had one of the worst cases ever. And once they got their machine, yeah. everything fell into place. Yeah, you know, we, well, we have a coaching client uh, you and I both worked with that went two years. We were both telling them, to, you know, they didn't do it. And they, they still lost weight. I mean, I think they lost like 100 pounds or something. But then they got the, C, the CPAP machine finally. And it was just like everything just, you know, everything just slowed right. after that. Yeah. So um, Bill is wondering if uh, you can get addicted to the CPAP, like sleeping with the fan on, and he's wondering if you if you still use one now. No, I haven't used it since 2004, and and I wouldn't say you get addicted to it, but you get used to it, and you become dependent on that noise, the same way that there's a fan on or something like that. But that can but you can wean yourself off it in a couple of weeks. It's well well worth it. Uh, you know, that's, that's, the, right. that's, a, that's a good case scenario is you use it until you don't need it anymore. You've lost the weight, and then it takes you a week or two to wean yourself off of it. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. Nice. Very nice. Okay, so there yeah. is a question from Lindsay. Um, Lindsay is yeah. new to the Gabriel Method, so she, doesn't, um, yeah. she says, I'm not brave enough yet to call in. Uh, but her question okay. is about alcohol, I'm and pretty, it's mostly I'm about wine. Lindsay. I just want you to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I want Go ahead. Um, yeah. So her question is about about alcohol, wine mostly. I drink yeah, yeah, too much wine, yeah. and I need to cut down. Yeah. I'm not dependent on sure. it, but some weeks I don't yeah. want to drink wine. Other weeks I crave it. And an old habit yeah. of pouring a glass of wine when making dinner crops, crops back up. Is this because yeah. of sugar addiction? I don't understand why sometimes I crave wine and sometimes I don't. You know, uh, it, it partially could be a, a expression of low blood sugar. When you talk about sugar addiction, what I found with alcohol is that um, I never tell people don't drink because it's a kind of a useless thing to do. The same way I, I tell people, I never tell people don't eat this, don't eat that. Because as soon as you do that, 
you get into this deprivation mentality and you start, you start thinking about that. But what I do find is that if you do all the things that make the sugar addiction or the sugar craving go away, then the sugar craving goes away. And it's the same with the alcohol. And I've just found it by mistake because it's not my, you know, that's not something that I do uh, regularly is counsel people on alcohol. But I found many, many people that I've worked with are no longer interested in alcohol. Uh, or sedatives or other drugs um, because we've addressed the root issues. So there's a couple of reasons why you want to drink alcohol. One is you're stressed out. That's the biggest one. Uh, And what we do, for for example, we have different ways of reducing stress, like meditation and visualization, and taking an afternoon stress reduction break. So here's one that you might want to do, is take an afternoon stress reduction break. So sometime in the afternoon, around 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, Preferably if you do get junk food cravings in the afternoon, any of you listening. So it should be at least a half an hour before you typically get your junk food cravings. So you'll notice that around some of you around 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, you're craving some kind of hit of junk food. Uh, so a half an hour before that, you want to take a break. Uh, you want to listen to like a 7- or 10-minute visualization, like we have a visualization called the afternoon recharge that's 7 minutes long. You can listen to that and have a healthy snack something that's got some protein, some healthy fats, some live foods, real foods, anything. It doesn't matter what it is, smoothie, protein shake, salad, bliss ball, whatever you had for lunch, whatever it is, have a snack. Even though you're not hungry at that time, have a snack and listen to a visualization. That will help reduce stress and reduce sugar cravings. And for you, uh, Lindsay, uh, it may also help uh, reduce your desire for, uh, for alcohol. So one of the reasons why we crave alcohol is, is because of stress, and that does go away uh, when you do meditation and listen to visualizations on, on a regular basis. The other could be part of it, your uh, – yeah, go ahead. Uh, she just Nadia? wrote in and said uh, – yeah, Lindsay just wrote and said, I don't get any junk food cravings, but I do get very tired in the afternoon. Yeah, so do this in the afternoon. Have a, have a little snack and listen to a visualization in the, after, in the afternoon. Uh, and, uh, and maybe do a little stretch. So uh, in yoga, there's a stretch called the child's pose. Where you're, you're on your hands and knees. You're touching your forehead to the ground. Your hands are out, stretched out in front of you. Your, um, your, your, the back of your feet and your ankles are touching your butt if, you, if, you know, if you're that flexible. And you just hold that for 30 seconds or a minute. Hold that for 30 seconds or a minute. Do a visualization. Have a snack. Uh, that will help a lot. So the exhaustion, though, will cause the – can cause – the alcohol, the, the desire for alcohol, because when you're exhausted, you start to become more stressed out. If you think about like if you were traveling for 48 hours, for example, you know, by, by hour 30, everything's going to be more stressful. You know, the flight's late or you got to go get your luggage from a different part, place than you thought. Everything's more stressful when you're tired. So just doing that uh, will go a long way toward reducing the stress that may be causing you to drink. Uh, the other thing, it may be related to your monthly cycle. Uh, that's, if it is, that, then that's fine. But uh, still, try, still try this afternoon stress reduction break and see if, it, uh, <clears throat> see if it helps at all. And then call me back next month if you can or chat in next month and let me know if it helped and, and let me know if you've been able to identify any kind of pattern as, as to what was happening that day, either in your monthly cycles or in how tired or stressed out you were. Uh, that was related that you can target that was related to your drinking or if this strategy has helped you has helped you uh altogether that would that would be great too also when you come home you might want to play a visualization in the background 
because that music puts you in the alpha and the theta state, which is what you're trying to do from the, from drinking. Drinking will put you in, into those states. Uh, so um, you, the music will do it naturally and in, and in a way that's not harmful. So you might want to try that also. So when you say play the visualization in the background, is that okay to have it playing while you're going about doing other yeah. chores in your house? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. And then Lindsay says, um, she says, uh, awesome. She says, I know the child's pose. And she says yeah. she's uh, past menopause and she's still having uh-huh. very bad hot sweats, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe it may be related to that also. It, it just may be a hormonal thing, too. But I have a feeling this is going to help a lot. So I'd love for you to kind of report back, if you can, next month and let me know uh, if, it was able, if it was able to help you. Okay, great. Um, and cool. Jerry just so sent me a message say that, saying that there's another caller. Who, who said that? Who sent you a message? Jerry? Uh, Jerry just sent me a message saying that there's another caller on the line. Okay, let's take that. Then, Nadia, I'm going to say goodbye now because I'm going to jump off after that, after this caller. So thanks very much. And thanks, everyone, that's uh, writing in and chatting in. It's great to talk with you and, and connect. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. But uh, let's, bring, let's bring Fran in. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, Fran. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. Hey, I'm calling because I find myself having a really hard time doing the evening meditation. Like, I really enjoy yeah. it, and I feel so good after I do it, but there's, like, a mental yeah. block to doing it. And I don't understand yeah. that, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, well, well, there's some resistance, and that's really, really common. What it means is that it's working. And yet there's this part of you that's like, oh, I don't know. Am I ready for this to really work? Am I ready for this to be the right thing? Uh, there's a resistance. Uh, and it's actually working on that. And, that's, and that part of you, that resistance, as if it was its own entity, uh, which it isn't, but as if it was its own personality, is saying, hey, you know, I, I'm not ready for you to let me go. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, uh, it does. So, what I, so here's, what, here's what I would suggest with that visualization. Okay. Uh, is one, if you, I don't know if you have an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you can get it on, on the, on an app. Uh, we Uh have an app called Gabriel, Gabriel method visualizations. It's free on that app. Uh, but it's only on iPhone, unfortunately not on Android, but if you have an iPhone, uh, you can put it on your phone, keep it by your, okay. So however you listen to it, keep it by your, uh, nightstand, uh, and, and just, just press play and then, and then, zone out. Don't try to listen to it. What, what typically happens if you try to listen, if you try to concentrate, try to think about it, uh, then there's a, there's a resistance too because it's effort, it requires effort and you're tired and you don't want to do that effort. But if you just allow yourself to just fall asleep to it and let your mind completely wander and, and, and use no effort whatsoever, uh, it just becomes so much easier to make it a habit. So, so all you have to do at that point is keep it by your nightstand and pre- and, uh, and just as soon as you're going to bed, just press play, have it all set up, press play, and just let your mind wander, let your mind fall asleep. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. That's helpful. I just didn't understand awesome. why it was happening because I was frustrated yeah. by that because I liked the results, but I just am so yeah. frustrated with myself for not having the reluctance to do it. Don't, don't, don't be frustrated. It's just there's a part of you. You know, the, the only reason we hold on to weight our bodies are not trying to sabotage us. They're not out to get us. But weight is always about survival. So there's something inside you from your past, some belief system, whatever, that has equated 
having a little bit of extra weight with being safer, uh, something. And, but, but the, but the visualization is addressing it. And that part of you okay. out of, uh, out of a, out of a misguided desire to protect you is trying to get you to not listen to the visualization. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I listen to the safe, strong, and protected like three or four times a day. So that totally makes oh, okay. sense. Yeah. It's definitely a safety yeah. thing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, get, be as patient and gentle and understanding with yourself as possible. And then, and then I would just say press play and, and let, yourself, let your just mind wander. And recognize there is, a part of your, there is a part of your psyche that has some resistance. It will go away. I guarantee it. You know, I remember when I was losing weight, I used to listen to this visualization that was about clearing out emotions. And, um, and every time it would get to this one place, my mind would blank out. I wouldn't hear it. And then I'd, I'd come back again at the exact same spot. So the exact same place would blank out and the exact same place I would come back again. Until I said, you know, I'm going to listen to this every single – I'm going to listen to this every day until I can actually hear what it says. There was just something my unconscious, my emotional system was just not ready to hear and would blank out every time I get to that place. Uh, but you work through it. So the cool thing is it, it's a strong indication that it's really working for you and, and uh, there's, there's something powerful to it. And just be as patient with yourself as possible and understand that uh, there's a there's an, um, miscommunication in your body and there's this part of your body that – thinks that uh, you, need, you need the weight and, and you are working through that part with this visualization and it is working for you. And just, do, and just say, I'm just going to press the button and let my mind wander. Just press the button and fall asleep. That's all you got to do. Okay. Okay. Make sense? Thank you, John. Yeah. My pleasure. Take care, friend. Okay. Bye. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for all the great comments and questions. And uh, it was great to connect with everybody. And we'll have another Ask John uh, next month. But in the meantime, we have weekly coaching classes in the support group, and we've got our private Facebook group, and we've got so many uh, resources at this point. Uh, So enjoy them. Reach out. Connect with us. Connect with our coaches. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. I'll speak to you real soon. Take care. Thanks for joining me on this Ask John call-in day. For any questions I was unable to get to in this call, I'll post my written responses in the forum for your reference. I appreciate you taking time to join me here, and I look forward to connecting again with you soon. Thanks for joining me on this Ask John Call-In Day. For any questions I was unable to get to in this call, I'll post my written responses.